Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello, welcome to today's podcast. So today I'm going to be kind of taking some of the things I've been talking about in the last couple of weeks about becoming the wealthy woman and looking at elevating into overflow and the tools I've used to get my mindset to where we are today. And I'm going to talk about the other side of that. I'm going to talk about the maintenance of elevating into overflow. So the reason why I'm bringing that up is because Ben and I were having this conversation pretty much for about the last week in regards to maintenance. We were talking about things that we wanted to improve on in our marriage. We were talking about things we wanted to improve of in the house and on the farm and all these different areas. And I kept telling him, I'm like, you know, gosh, it's just so hard. I can't seem to get into the rhythm of things. Uh, I'll do good for a little bit. And then it's like just always willpower. And he brought up a good point that he sees this as something of maintenance and that for him, maintenance isn't something bad or wrong, but it's the other half of the equation. You've got the need, you've got the desire, and then you've got the maintenance that actually turns it into the action. And I was like, you know what? That's a really good idea. So and again, that was just like one little sentence. And I don't even know if he realized how much it like kind of blew my mind. Because of course, there's no real life emoji that's like, oh my goodness, that was amazing in the background. So with that being said, I have legit the whole week been just thinking about all of these little areas in our lives in my day-to-day life at work, at home, with him, with my fur babies, I don't know, with the laundry. And I keep thinking about, hmm, well, where is their struggle? Where is their friction? And where do I have a really bad maintenance routine? And I was even thinking about that in regards for the podcast and trying to get, um, you know, the podcast a little more systematic so that it was consistent. You know, I've struggled and I've been completely open and honest about, you know, the struggle of trying to get this podcast consistent over the the last like three years now. And a lot of it was I have not thought or given any weight to the actual maintenance of making the goal a reality. So All of that's going to get covered in today's episode. You know, I'm going to do the same thing like I always do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you journal prompts at the end. I'm going to go over a couple of examples and I am hoping to keep it under 30 minutes. So let's see if I can hit that this time. Um, All right. So with that being said, let's dive right in. So maintenance, when I say that word, I want you to think and I want you to think, does that make you feel happy, sad, frustrated? Um, Does it make you want to avoid? Like, what does it make you feel? Because for me, forever, whenever I heard the word maintenance, my initial reaction was, ugh. And my body language would completely change. My shoulders would fold in. I would totally collapse my posture. I would kind of want to shrink and physically avoid it. And I think it's actually hilarious the more I kind of look at the word maintenance because 
maintenance is legit how I've made my money and how Ben has made his money for a very long time. We've sold maintenance plans when we were in IT um, in the power sports industry right now. Literally all the parts and accessories I saw, pretty much most of them are maintenance things. You get a air filter, a spark plug, a this, a that. So like if people didn't do maintenance, I wouldn't have a paycheck. Um, and, and even other areas of your life, like if you didn't do maintenance in the sense of having the laundry done, you would like literally run out of clothes. If someone or something didn't do the dishes, you literally wouldn't have anything to eat on. If someone didn't raise the animals, slaughter the animals, get them to the grocery store and have them on the shelves, then you literally wouldn't have food to eat. So there's you know, the, this love-hate relationship where we, we've we taken the word maintenance out of our vocabulary. And part of it, I was even thinking about this in the sense that, um, you know, actually Ben and I were talking about this to give a little more context. So it's one thing for us to think about maintenance. And I kept thinking, well, why is everyone fighting it nowadays? Why do people complain about getting the oil changed? Why do people complain about rotating their tires? Like obviously even thinking about that in regards to like my car, right? You know, why do people complain about all this stuff? Why are people surprised when they magically need to pay X amount of dollars for a tire? Do they not think that the tire is gonna wear? And part of it, which is kind of scary, is that people don't think that stuff is gonna wear anymore. We've been conditioned in a sense to go ahead and think of things as a one use or yeah, a single use item. You know, look at our cell phones. Our cell phones, they're actually having, and I'm gonna be super geeky here because this is the perfect place to be geeky, but there is a bill in the United States right now is called the right the rights to repair act so the right to repair act basically what it does is it is it, if it works and god god i hope it works so if it works it would force the manufacturers to allow the consumer a pretty substantial amount of wiggle room to go ahead and maintain their own machines so right now uh for example example um if you have a tractor, specifically like a John Deere tractor, right? Um, if you have a tractor like a John Deere tractor or other types of brands, um, and the tractor throws a code and you run into an issue, you have to take it to the manufacturer to get that code scanned. You can't take it to an independent place. You can't take it to a third party shop. You can't use a trusted resource on Google. You have to use other people's opinions because right now they own the technology from literally cradle to grave in the sense that if it does not go back to the manufacturer, it has to be obsolete. So thinking about that and thinking about our culture in the last 10, 15 years, we've moved away as a society from, at least in the Western world, I should say, we've moved away from maintaining things. We've moved away from, you know, having our cell phone and, you know, if your cell phone cracks, you know, getting it repaired or even having the ability to get it repaired. We've moved away from, um, you know, keeping our cars longer just so that we could go ahead and do services or do whatever the maintenance was needed on them. You know, there's so many different areas of our life that we have moved away from maintaining. Um, even think about clothing, for example. Clothing is another big one. You know, it is so easy right now 
Um, and it's honestly hard in my own life to go ahead and not buy fast fashion because, you know, something will come out and it'll be, oh my God, that's super cute. I want that shirt. I want those boots. I want that purse, whatever it is, right? And you go and you buy it and the material feels kind of thin and you're like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. It's a lightweight material. It's a, a lightweight knit, whatever the word is, right? And you're thinking it's a lightweight material, but you go, and I've done this so many times, you go and you wear that shirt two, three times. Maybe you get four times out of it. And then you notice it's starting to sag a little, or you know it's not really getting back into its shape after you dry it. Or you start to see little holes, or you start to see the the threading start to fall apart on you. And that is because things are literally designed nowadays in so many areas to not be maintained. And so with that being said, it is not surprising that all of us have been, you know, maneuvered and brainwashed to think that maintenance is bad. Because if we thought maintenance was good, we wouldn't be going out and buying obsessive amounts of new clothes. We wouldn't be buying a t-shirt that literally you can wear it twice and then afterwards you have to donate it or turn it into like a, a throw rag because the damn thing's useless. We wouldn't, um, I don't know, we wouldn't, I, I'm making I'm making something up, but like we wouldn't replace our AC unit after five years because we think it's bad when in reality we should have had the AC unit on a 10-year maintenance plan and gotten it serviced twice a year. You, you get my point. There's so many different areas where it has become more profitable to the manufacturer to go ahead and have everything be a one-time use or minimal time use versus let's go ahead and sell the service side of it. Let's sell the maintenance side of it. And let's show the benefit of taking care of something. So with that being said, and this whole mindset shift of maintenance is bad, even in my own life where I talk about maintenance literally every single day till I'm blue in the face and I preach it and I do this and I do that. And, you know, what do you expect if you don't change your oil? Of course, the engine's going to lock up eventually. It's going to run out. What do you expect if you don't rotate your tires? Of course, they're going to do blah, blah, blah. If you don't clean your air filter. So because I talk about that stuff all day, you know, it. I'm even surprised that I fight maintenance in my own life, but without ever actually paying attention, I've been conditioned just like everyone else has that maintenance is bad. So with that being said, I this this whole week I have been forcing myself to rethink what maintenance is and how it is a good thing and how it can be a huge benefit in my life and where I was lacking maintenance. So for example, lacking maintenance is, well, for me, one thing I've done is lacking maintenance in the care of my body. Now, one big thing would be sleep. My sleep schedule is legit all over the place. I am a person that Honestly, I could go to sleep and if I don't have to go to work and the fur babies don't wake me up, I could sleep 12 hours in a row every single day and not even bad an eye. Maybe over time I would adjust down to 10 hours, right? Or a good solid nine hours. But I have no problem sleeping. But instead of looking at as my body's way of doing its own maintenance because your brain needs to shut down, things need to be moved and processed, you know, things need to go ahead and repair themselves. Instead of thinking of all the benefits that I'm getting by having a consistent sleep schedule and getting that sleep, all I think of is, man, I'm not getting this done. I'm not getting that done. I could be more productive. I could read another book or three. I could do this. I could do that. Well, I'll just put it off. I'll just put it off because, well, sleep, I'm not really doing anything anyway, so it doesn't really matter. 
And, you know, that's a huge part of my body. My body's maintenance plan is you need sleep. And it's ironic because every single time I go and I get two or three nights of good rest during the work week, I outperform like a mofo. I can sell things with ease. I can remember stuff. I don't stutter because when I can't, when I haven't had a good night's sleep, my stuttering is super fierce. Um, I can go ahead and get tasks done in what feels like half the time. I, I can go ahead and make decisions super fast. So all of these things are such a huge benefit, but I don't recognize that I'm missing the key component, which is the maintenance part of it. So another area that I, um, have really struggled with in regards to adapting maintenance into my life and making it a good thing is maintaining the big property that we have. We have just shy, it's like a tick at nine acres. And there's two of us. <laughs> and yes, we have a tractor. And yes, there's a zero turn involved. And yes, there's power tools involved and all of that. But it's still a mofo ton of work. And I definitely have been honest that I don't feel like I pull my share. And part of it is I'll go ahead and I'll crash my body through the entire week. I won't sleep. I'll get six hours, maybe five hours of sleep for, you know, four or five nights in a row. And then by the time the weekend comes, I freaking crash and like a damn zombie apocalypse would be the only thing that could wake me up which throws our complete schedule off and now we're working in the middle of the day which in Florida is a bajillion degrees out versus working early in the morning because I didn't get up early enough and it's this horrible cycle and then things don't get done and then yards get overgrown and then the back pasture becomes this like nature walk that I'm not even joking right now the grass and the back pasture is up to my knees and in some spots it's up to mid thigh like the grass is super tall so to go and cut that's going to be a hot mess but all of these things go back to I, I never fully comprehended the benefit of the maintenance I never fully comprehended of hey maybe yeah life happens and there's going to be one or two nights during the week you're going to have to stay up a little bit late or you know you're not going to get a great night's sleep but, you know, before the weekend comes, make sure you do whatever you need. you need to to get that good night's sleep so that you can, A, perform great at work, not feel overwhelmed. And then when the weekend comes, you're not crashing so that you can go get all of these tasks done with your husband on the property. And then you actually have time left over at the end of the day to enjoy. And the other part of it, too, is we keep thinking this association with maintenance is bad. So it's like a two part, it's a two part issue. So you've got the part that we've been conditioned that maintenance isn't required because you're just gonna use it once, twice, or a handful of times. So maintenance literally isn't even in the picture. But if it is in the picture, then you've got the other half of the equation which maintenance is bad, maintenance is work, maintenance is hard, maintenance isn't good if it's, and, and this is something I thought, you know, it just came to me a little bit Go, and I thought it was crazy that if it's something that is hard or it doesn't automatically click, especially in the woo environment, right? It's, if it doesn't automatically click, then you're doing something wrong or you're not meant to be doing it. Never is it introduced that, well, maybe it's hard because you just haven't done it. You know, it, it, it's kind of mind boggling to think that, oh, um, you know, writing when we were kids was hard because we physically didn't know how to do it. We had to build the muscle memory. So sometimes, yes, we need to pay attention when things are hard or when things don't click and our body is sending us a signal of, hey, there's something wrong, but we need to be able to differentiate the signal. Is this something that is wrong or is this something that I just don't have really good muscle memory on? 
And I can even relate that going back full circle back to the podcast. So the podcast for me, of course, should be hard in the sense that I need to get consistent about the schedule. You know, I need to get consistent about posting at the show notes and scheduling it on social media and recording things and having them come out on a consistent time frame. All of that should be hard. I don't have the muscle memory for it. Yeah, I've done, I think this is going to be episode number, I don't know, 37, 38. So 30 something plus episodes, but I've also done them over three years. You know, what muscle memory have I gained? I've gained enough muscle memory to like plug in my microphone and hit record on audacity, but that's it. (laughs) You know, I haven't gained the muscle memory to make this a natural habit. And that's the whole point of all of this is maintenance isn't bad. Maintenance isn't wrong. Maintenance is just the lack of muscle memory in your life if there's something that's wrong. So let me give you a better example. Had I, let's use the podcast because I was just talking about that, right? And then we'll dive into personal and we'll dive into work so that you guys can go ahead and relate to this and you can, you know, kind of turn this into your own life. So the podcast, if I had made a plan that, which is honestly, I'll tell you the plan, not if I had, I will actually Go out on a limb and tell you the plan. The goal is to hit 150,000 listens in a certain amount of time frame, right? I hit 15,000 listens, about peed my pants, I was so excited, I was so honored, I was so grateful to think that 15,000 people have listened to me talk into a microphone. It blew my mind, I'm like, oh my God, you know, that's just insane you know that someone would actually listen to me someone would value my opinion someone would come back and listen again so I have 15,000 official listens on the podcast which made me again keel over right but I want to get to 150,000 that has been the goal for a while now it's like okay well how do we get there the easiest way is if I have a consistent podcast that comes out once a week a minimum Um, you know, maybe on special occasions, I'll do more than that, but minimum always comes out once a week so that whoever is listening, guys, girls, families, groups, book clubs, whatevs, whoever is listening out there can rely on me. Well, how does that happen? The maintenance part of that is I go ahead and I write it out. Okay. So on X night, Um, right now, Thursday seems to be the magical night. On Thursday nights, you sit down, you journal out what you've been talking to yourself about in your head like a crazy person for the last week, and you turn that into a podcast episode. You take that podcast episode, and then you do A, B, C, D, and E. And I have gotten it to the point where I'm not, I'm not even joking about this. I have a girlfriend in Japan. Her name's Tiffany. I love her to pieces. I've known her for years at this point and we're always sending stuff back and forth to each other and I literally sent her my chicken scratch notes of how to build the box fix the box and grow the box which is basically the box is the podcast um but I sent her my one page like instructions of how do I do this how do I do this and how do I do this because I want the maintenance to become legit maintenance and if I'm not aware of what I'm doing and I can't replicate those steps well then how do you become how does that even become maintenance it can't you know so let's go and think of something in regards to work you know or let's go even something stupid simple like a car so 
if maintenance on a car, well, yeah, let's do a car. If maintenance on a car was rotate your tires and change your oil every 5,000 miles, right? So let's say that that's the scenario. But every 8,000 miles, you rotated only two tires. And then every 6,000 miles, you maybe changed your oil filter. And then maybe every 3,000 miles, you changed maybe your oil. And you basically broke the system over and over and over again. Well, of course, your car is going to eventually run like crap. You're not doing anything consistently. So same thing with, again, the podcast. If I don't have a template that feels good to me, but that I also can reference if my brain gets a little squirrely, well, then I'm not going to be able to build on this. I'm not going to be able to grow it. I'm not going to be able to hit 150,000 listens. From there, I'm not going to be able to hit 500,000. And then from there, I'm not going to be able to have a million people download the podcast every year. I'm never going to even get there if I don't have some version of consistency on my side so I can make it easy for myself. And I think that's part of why you know, that other part of the equation that I was talking about that, you know, we've been conditioned that things need to be super easy and one-time use, but the, also the other part of it that maintenance is hard and if it doesn't click, then it's not real. Well, the reason why it's not clicking is we haven't identified what we need to make it click. You know, so with my obsession and Holly's jingles, because that's every episode has to have a Holly jingle, <laughs> with my obsession of elevating into overflow well what does that mean overflow to me means having a super spacious life well if i'm not doing the things and breaking down what that means to me and looking back and using it as a reference point so that i can keep myself on track i'm never gonna hit that so same thing let's say with work right so let's go back to that work example. Say you're like me and your sleep schedule is super shit <laughs> and you just suck at it. Maybe you get a good night's sleep one night a week. Well, if you wanted to perform better at work and sleep was an issue that you were running into because you just weren't performing well, then I would say, hey, what does a maintenance plan of getting, you know, four nights of good sleep look like or freaking fuck it every night of good sleep? What does that look like? Does that mean you have to have an alarm on your phone that goes off at a certain time so that you can go ahead and know, hey, it's time to wrap everything up and you know, let's go to bed. Hey, it's time to go take that shower. It's time to do that final walk. It's time to do X, Y, and Z. Maybe that's what you need to help you with going to sleep. Or maybe that means, you know, I've done it. Take a melatonin or take a half a melatonin or, or lick the melatonin just so you have enough in your system so you can pass out because your body's not used to it. What... What is the maintenance that you need so that you can go to sleep? And once you start to figure out what that maintenance is, there's nothing wrong that it's going to feel hard, that it's going to feel messy, that it's going to feel overwhelming. Because literally, if we go super geeky and talk about, you know, your brain and science here, your brain physically has to build neural pathways from point A to point B so that you can do the task. So regardless of what the task is, your brain has to do that basically every single time, right? Um, well, the reason why 
old habits die hard, and I'm using air quotes here, is because you have a better neurostructure, a thicker, stronger neurostructure for that old habit than you do the new habit. So let's go into the other one that I've talked about. Um, Let's talk about my property because why not? You can relate to having nine plus acres and maintaining. You know, maybe that means Instead of for you, that means maintaining your home or your apartment or your condo or your parents' house or wherever you live, right? But maintaining your home and your dwelling. So what does maintenance like that look for you? And when I was talking to Ben about that, I honestly couldn't answer that question. I'm like, you know, maybe that's why I fight it every single time because I keep going into the weekend of thinking like, well, shit, I don't know what I need to do. You know, at work, I know what to do. I know it's the same routine over and over again. Go to work at this time, do this, this, and this. Go eat lunch, come back, do this, this, and this. Wrap up, go home. Like, I know my routine. But to maintain our house, to maintain our property, um, you know, to maintain other parts of my life, I don't know the routine. And to say that at 32, that I don't know what the routine looks like to maintain my home and to help my husband out on our property should be embarrassing but I don't necessarily feel embarrassed because part of it is I'm admitting an honest gap in my life it's an honest mistake I have made it is something that I've let myself brainwash myself I've brainwashed myself on myself and you know I can't be embarrassed about that because if I'm embarrassed about that then I won't try and change it then I won't try and go grow and I won't become a better person which is the whole point of this so I'm not going to be ashamed that you know, I forget that like, oh, duh, you live in Florida, it rains a bajillion times a year. And you need to cut the grass every single weekend. And you know what, if you cut the grass every single weekend, it takes about, I don't know, two hours, especially if you both are cutting grass. So then it takes an hour of time, two people, he cuts this part, you cut that part. And then you guys weed whack around the fence line, because trying to do fence lines that have been grown over, it is excruciating. It is so much hard work. It is not even funny. So instead of of doing that screw that every x amount of months spray the roundup spray the ground kill and in between that go with the weed whacker and cut spend 30 minutes listen to a badass podcast with your super awesome headset on and your crazy muck boots and your super long sleeve shirt so you don't get crazy sunburns and just truck on it's part of what your weekend looks like there's nothing wrong with that being hard or messy But if you don't identify it, if I don't identify it to the level of what I just did, then I'm never going to be conscious of what I need to do. So I'm always going to feel like I'm caught off guard. So do you you get my point here? Yes, I'm going into very specific details. I'm going into details about the podcast. I'm going into details about maintaining grass. (laughs) I'm going into details about sleep. But those are things that I would love it if you could answer that question at that granular of a level. If I was sitting in front of you, if we were, we were in a coffee shop or we were on Zoom or we were whatevs, right? We were communicating back and forth and we were chilling and we were talking and you were telling me your latest maintenance plan for X, Y, and Z. I want you to be able to explain it to me at a granular level. And the other magical test that you could use to know that you're a doing this at the right level would be you can write it down and have someone replicate it. That has been the thing that has been 
such an eye opener for me. I'm in the process of training a couple new people at work and I can tell when my processes work and when my processes don't work, when if I give the instructions, if the person can replicate them exactly how I wanted it. And it has nothing to do with ego and saying my way is the right way. There's a reason why I have the process in place. This is literally processes that I have created over the last seven years now of doing this type of work. So of course, I kind of know a little bit of what I'm doing. I've done this shit for legit seven years. So if I say I want the process to be done X, Y, and Z way, and it doesn't come out that way, sometimes maybe it might be that we need to communicate a little better. But the other reason might be maybe my instructions sucked. Maybe I didn't think all the steps all the way through. Maybe there's an unnecessary step. So when you're thinking about maintenance plans, in your own life, I want you to think of it as a way to take the burden off of you. I want it as a way for you to be like, okay, well, if I was explaining to Maggie, we were at coffee and I was explaining to Maggie how I'm elevating into overflow. I'm elevating into overflow at my job by doing this. And here's my maintenance plan. And boom, I can one up her and be like, yo, I wrote it down on a piece of paper and Maggie can go ahead and replicate it. You know, that's the level of maintenance plan I want you to get to. That's the level of excitement I want you to get to. Because at the end of the day, all of this is just making your life easier. I was talking again to Tiffany about the whole purpose behind the podcast. The purpose behind the podcast when I started three years ago, when I had this burning desire to sit in front of a microphone and talk to random strangers on the internet and not tell anyone for like a year because I was so nervous and so shy about it, you know, My whole purpose was I wanted to obsess and bring to light my obsession of creating a spacious life, clearing the clutter. The whole point of the Clear the Clutter podcast is to create a very spacious life because I think that there's just, it's so easy to do dumb shit or um, not figure out a faster way to grow or believe old lies that say you have to do this this way or you have to do it the long way or if you don't suffer, then you haven't earned it. And I don't believe any of that, but I never felt like there was a resource out there that could help me grow as fast as I wanted to in all areas of my life. You know, I've I've looked for years on trying to find guidance, books, courses, tips, YouTube videos, podcasts on how to create a spacious life. So I feel like I have this abundance of time and I haven't been able to find anything. So hence the desire for the podcast, which I couldn't articulate that three years ago, but I knew the desire was there. But that's the whole point of this is the maintenance plan is here to help you, not to hurt you, not to make you stressed out, not to make you feel bored. Honestly, you know you're doing it right if you kind of geek out a little and you get excited. If you are like, yo, I got this shit on lock. I know that when I go into my weekend, I'm gonna go to bed at this time so I get a full freaking nine hours of sleep like a damn ninja. I'm gonna wake up early. I'm gonna have myself a badass cup of coffee. I'm gonna make myself my special heart-shaped sparkly pancakes. And then afterwards, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna use my sweet headset. I'm gonna cut the grass. I'm gonna listen to my podcast. Then afterwards, I'm gonna cut inside and do blah, 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 blah. If you can talk about your maintenance plan with that level of like, excitement and enthusiasm, you're doing it right. And the other part of it too is you're going to have so many 
benefits that it's going to look like you're doing everything effortlessly and it's not effortlessly you're just putting in the work and you're just getting better at it um a book that i've read over and over again and i thought was amazing and i'll make sure it's on the resources list and all that jazz i'll make sure it's everywhere for you guys um but it was the compound effect and a lot of this, the maintenance plan basically is building your compound effect. So if, let's use another one that a lot of people like to think of when they think of compounding. Most people, if I say compounding, they think about compounding interest or compounding your savings account or your retirement account or whatever it is, right? Um, or even compounding your money growing so that you can go on vacation. Well, if you... I've always tell people it's better to save 25 bucks a week towards your vacation fund and then have that money at the end of when you're ready to go on your vacation, boom, you have a pot of money there versus 50 bucks here, 10 bucks there, 30 bucks here, eight bucks there, 20 bucks here, two bucks there, skip, 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 30 bucks, 30 bucks, skip, 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 five bucks, skip, five bucks, skip. Like that inconsistency is literally creating friction and chaos. And then when you go to go on vacation, of course you barely have any money in there. You're like, whoa, I have like 200 bucks. This shit sucks. Versus a tried and true, yeah, you could probably put more in, but 30, 25 bucks a week, every single week like clockwork. When you go to go on vacation, you're gonna have, a, well, depending on how long it takes you to go on vacation, cause like COVID and all that, you could have hundreds if not like into the thousands of dollars <laughs> ready at your disposal because you did the work, you did the maintenance and you made it super easy on yourself because you're like, you know what? I really wanna go on vacation. I can put 25 bucks away a week and not miss it. Okay, eh, let's do that. Make it easy on yourself. Reward yourself so that you can go ahead and get closer to what your version of a spacious life is. And that might mean for you spending more time with your family, spending more time with your kids, spending more time away from your family and kids. Um, you know, if it's me, it's spending more time reading and walking with the dogs and doing fun exploratory activities, uh, you know, like nature trails and stuff like that with Ben. So if I don't ever get this maintenance thing down, I'm never going to create the space for all the things I want and I desire. I'm never going to hit that overflow. So I am in the process of reconditioning and retraining my brain to think maintenance equals freedom. Maintenance equals overflow. To get to overflow, I have to have a maintenance plan in place. And if I'm not hitting overflow in whatever area, it's because I don't have a maintenance plan in place. Okay, boom, I can fix that. I'm smart enough to fix that. I'm determined enough. I am open and willing to see things differently and I'm willing to do the work. So that is my rant on maintenance. I know it might not be the most expected topic, but I promise you it's something that if you can definitely lean into it and make those mantras your new mantras, you'll definitely totally love it. You'll, you'll grow. I, I just guarantee it. You'll totally grow. So with that being said, um, I'm going to go ahead and give you your journal prompts. Obviously, don't forget, you can grab all of this over at the, the blog if you need to. Um, but if you want and you're in a good spot, go ahead and answer out loud to the journal prompts. All right, so the first one, what areas are you ignoring in your life? Might be a place for a maintenance plan. All right, number two, where do you seem to keep having to get back on the bandwagon? Might need an area for the maintenance plan. 
<laughs> Number three, what lessons does life keep throwing at you over and over again? Or what type of conversations are you having over and over and over again and you feel like a broken record? And then the last one is what lessons do you keep on forgetting and having to relearn? So that one's going to be different than the one above it because sometimes you've got your outside lesson that someone is trying to teach you and maybe the world is responding to you. And then the other one is how are you responding to the world? So those are some deep journal prompts. Go ahead and whatever comes up in those areas, that's going to be an area that you should probably write a maintenance plan. Now, it's going to be tempting to write maintenance plans for every part of your life. And while I encourage that, I want you to focus on what you can implement. So if that means you only focus on one, focus on one, implement it, get good at it, move on to the next one. Get good at that one, implement it, move it to the next one move on to the next one, so on and so forth. Don't feel that you have to change every part of your life overnight because you're not gonna maintain it. So the whole point, make this easy, make it so you can create more spaciousness in your life and make it so that you can implement it. So with that being said, I am at like 37 minutes, so I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys go. I love you, I appreciate you. Do the journal prompts. Um, I'm actually getting better at posting all of these journal prompts um, on social media. So if you want, you can go ahead and share them. They're going to be on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. They're on Pinterest. So I'm making it easy for you to take these journal prompts wherever you're at. Um, and yeah, keep rocking on and keep creating that spacious life and let's clear that clutter. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.